Hello, and welcome back to American Muslim Project. I'm Asad Bhatt. American Muslim Project is a podcast that features all the cool things that American Muslims are doing. On today's episode, we have filmmaker Mahnoor Yusuf. Mahnoor's new short film, Eid Mubarak, is about a six-year-old Pakistani girl who embarks on a mission to save her beloved pet goat from being eaten on the Muslim holiday of Eid. The movie is making the rounds at festivals across the country and across the world. It actually won the jury award at the New York International Children's Film Festival. That means it's an Oscar-qualified short, which basically means it could win an Oscar next year, which would be really exciting. We're going to talk about all that and so much more, including Mahnoor's upbringing as an immigrant to America, on this episode of American Muslim Project. Stay tuned. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. So first off, thanks for joining American Muslim Project. Super excited to have you. I watched your film just last night and just absolutely loved it and just loved everything about it. My first question is, they say not to do anything with kids or animals when shooting a movie. You did both. Yeah. What was that like? Well, you know, I've only been back to Pakistan twice since I immigrated, and this was the second time. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, to film the, the movie. But it, it it was complete madness. It was complete madness. It was like complete chaos. But I think what's really important with kids or with any other actors is really the casting process. And if you cast right... And I think you're going to have like a really great time. Um, and I cast correctly, I feel, for the kids, uh, yeah. for my two leads and for the goat, yeah, who was, was Barfy the goat was like the nicest, sweetest, like gave us all these different performances. Did you actually <laughs> so have a I, casting call for goats or did you just like go somewhere and you're like, that? actually, you had multiple goats, right? Like, but did you did you pick that that one specifically? I so I went to we bought the goat. Um, oh, because you can just do that in Pakistan. Um, but I went to like different Bakra Mundis or um, animal goat markets. And I yeah. saw like, I saw like at least 100 goats, if not more, you know? Yeah. And I always say like, it was like a movie. It was like a La La Land scene where the light was like perfectly shining on Burfi and he was so clean and so sweet. And I just, I knew right away, you know, with him that he was the goat for us. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the movie. And to your point, I think your casting um, choices, especially for the lead actress, um, was amazing. Iman, I think, is the... the uh, so the character Iman. is Iman, yeah. And the um, actress, her name is Rubab. 
I mean, just uh, just great the the facial expressions and everything. Were you? This is based on a true story, right? Like this is like your your this happened to you and your sister. Um, were you like kind of trying to find an actress that could embody you a little bit on the screen, or what? T- talk to me about that process. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it is based on a true story, and I was definitely looking for a certain quality in the um, actor. I think I was a really <laughs> wild insane kids so I don't know how many people (laughs) how many kids were like me I was if you see any pictures of me as a kid I look you can only describe them as extremely derpy and I'm just like looking in the derpy yeah like derp oh man I think this might be a generational thing (laughs) what like d-e-r-p derp never heard that term before uh we're gonna have to look it up so describe what derpy is for the people for the the boomers like me that don't know (laughs) so i hope it doesn't have any like problematic origins the word but it's kind of like you just kind of look like a fool Uh, okay fair (laughs) enough like how i look now basically (laughs) (laughs) but in my childhood photos i just always look like i'm like spaced out i'm like looking somewhere else i like have a dazed kind of expression on my face you know i'm never ready for the picture i'm never smiling i'm just in my own world you know but so i was kind of looking for that like someone who's sort of in their own world and also someone who is very young and still had that naive childlike sense of wonder kind of and mischievousness you know so that's what I was looking for and I think with Rubab I really found that and it was interesting because she has been acting since she was like six months old oh amazing wow yeah she's like in a lot of Pakistani dramas um like tv shows um and she was kind of trained in that Pakistani like acting with a capital a sort of Mm, way sure but she's when I worked with her you know I found like immediately she still had that like very natural um, kind of humanist, you know, way of performing as well. So that's what I was really looking for with Iman, especially. Yeah, that's amazing. I really love the colors in the movie, just like the vibrance to it. I guess it felt a little Wes Anderson, you know, to me. But like, um, and even on your background, like I feel like maybe this is you, your personality coming through in the film, or I, but it was just like really cool to see. Can you talk about that a little bit? And I think people, when they see it, they'll 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 take that away from you know from from the experience yeah i've seen people on social media be like it's giving oves anderson like pakistani wes anderson <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> yeah but i i always get wes anderson and i think he's definitely you know a big inspiration because i have a design and art background and i feel like mm. wes anderson really pays attention to those sort of design details that maybe other filmmakers you know, might not be so obsessed with. <laughs> yeah. But I think because of that, I he's definitely a huge inspiration. And, you know, obviously Wes Anderson was inspired by so many different filmmakers mm-hmm. to develop his own style, a lot of them being from the Indian subcontinent. Um, so I think for me, Wes was a big inspiration. And then I'm also really into, like, um, mogul miniatures, and I really like what they do with perspective. They're kind Can of like... explain what that is? Yeah, so if you've ever seen, like... Um, any of those really flat looking paintings that are almost always in profile from the Indian subcontinent sort of world, most of those are usually from the Mughal Empire, mm, which okay. is the empire before the British. Um, and it was kind of like, you know, uh, like the Byzantine illustrated 
uh, manuscripts that they used to do like a lot of biblical paintings for. It was kind of like the Indian version of that. Um, But all the court paintings, all the portraits of the kings and and queens and um, everyone really was kind of done in that style. And it's like very detailed, small miniature painting that they still do in um, Pakistan and India. And um, it's like an art form, you know. I feel like sometimes you there's a um, perspective on it that maybe it's like, you know, when the Europeans had their renaissance, they started doing these really like hyper-realistic paintings and, you know, it was like Caravaggio and he was showing you just with one candle, the light and this and all that. And so it can kind of almost seem like the mogul miniature way of doing it was like more primitive. But I actually think that it's a really interesting way of like flattening perspective and showing um you know, different uh, levels of space. Um, and it kind of also reminded me of like a dollhouse, you know? And yeah. I, um, so I, all of my references were to show the world through Iman's sort of like fairy tale, girly girl world, you know? And so I think Wes Anderson, the mobile miniatures, a lot of other different things, like the Florida Project was a big inspiration. All those things worked to, together. Yeah, the Florida Project is a movie. Um also about a little kid set in Florida with like really vivid colors. Um, And the filmmaker talks about how a child sees colors like way more vividly than than an adult does and how everything appears bigger to a child. Sure. So those were some things I also tried to take into account. Yeah. How long have you been working on this movie? Um, I started, I came up with the idea in um, like 2018 or 2019 for a class in my MFA at USC, but I kind of put it aside and I really started working on it um, in 2021, um, like the summer of 2021. And I uh, started applying to programs, write, writing the script again and really thinking about making it. Yeah. And I guess why, why did you want to share this story with the world? What was it about, you know, the, the, the story that you felt uh, needed to be told? Well, you know, when I um, shared the story in my writing class in my MFA, it was a very diverse class um, with a lot of Americans, but also international students. And um, I felt like even though it was such a specific and unique experience to like Muslim kids and Muslim countries, it really resonated with everyone and everyone mm. felt like some sort of a connection to it, you know, um, and everyone was like really encouraging. And they were like, you have to make this, you have to make this. Um And at that time, I was like, oh, my God, it's so daunting to think about making something set in Pakistan. Like, how am I going to do that um, with kids and animals? (laughs) But, um, you know, I think that always stayed with me. So I had to finish a lot of my degree in the pandemic. And so when I graduated, I was like, I didn't get to make a thesis film, you know, that was like my calling card to show what I'm all about. Um, And I just came back to the story and I thought that, um, not only did it resonate with other people, but it also really resonated with me. Like I never got over it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know yeah. the experience. It stayed with me every. I just think about it subconsciously every time I eat meat. Still, um, and I think it really shaped like how I see the world. You know, as I think it really taught me about like what it is to be a Muslim, what Islam is all about. So, I kind of, I had such a strong connection with it. Also, you know. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, more with a conversation with Mahmoud. Welcome back to American Muslim Project. So I also have that experience of going to Pakistan and seeing a goat 
killed right before my eyes. You're like, like, what is it about us going to Pakistan and seeing this happen? Like, I, I like, <laughs> is this an experience that all of us have to go through? Is it a coming of age type of thing? Yeah, I think it is, you know, in Pakistan. I mean, Eid is a like a yearly holiday. And I think that my, my dad told me that when he was young, I obviously I, I've only been back twice and I have kind of a, you know, I feel like I immigrate. I immigrated here at an old enough age where I really knew a lot about Pakistani culture, but yeah. I don't live there anymore. Eight, I don't right? know. Yeah, when I was eight, almost nine. I was eight and a half, you know. So halves matter at that age. <laughs> but I, uh, so obviously things have changed. I don't know if they still do everything this way, and you know, regionally it might be different and whatever. But my dad told me when he was young that they would actually make the boys do the Whoa. sacrificing. He was oh like, I was, he was the youngest of seven. He was like, I was so scared. I was like shaky. I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And they were like, you're the boy. You have to do it and blah, blah, blah. And, he, oh and the girls, usually they never involved with the sacrifice. But my dad, being the feminist that he is, was like, I want you guys to see this also. So I think it's definitely like a coming of age experience in Muslim countries. Um, and also... You know, just because we don't sacrifice our meat here in America doesn't mean that someone is a sac. Yeah, someone has true. to do it. You know, someone has to do We're it. Just, yeah, for sure. Yeah, farm to table. We're just yeah. a little more. <laughs> you know, see what you're what you're doing and um, be a part of it. Like you don't need to be so separated from the process. You know, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people are really resonating with this movie. It is playing across the country at festivals right now, across the world even. I saw it's playing in uh, Australia soon. And yeah, now soon, I think you soon. like you might even be shortlisted for an Oscar. Is that is that is that like you okay. you are potentially going to be like talk to me about this process. Like I mean, hey, let's let's talk about the reception that you've received and then also like, you know, just that the build up to this Oscar campaign. Yeah, so we we are playing all over the world. We're playing at South by Southwest Sydney, which is the first time South by has left North America. Um, and we are not shortlisted yet, but we could be. We are in the running officially. We're officially screening in the Academy screening room. So that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's. I can't even process. <laughs> I glitch. <laughs> I glitch out when I think about it. But. Um, you know, we had, I worked with a studio called Creator Plus um, to initially create the uh, sort of festival and distribution strategy. And so we applied to a lot of festivals all over the world. Um, and we have played everywhere from like children's festivals to international festivals that are, um, you know, all different sorts of countries. Uh, we're playing in the Netherlands soon and, you know, in Greece. Um, in Italy and Barcelona. So even, you know, countries that maybe are not Muslim countries are um, into it. Um, but also like children's festivals, they really love this film because it's, you know, kids can watch this and understand maybe something about a different culture. Sure. And really resonate with it and families can watch it together. And then of course, like Muslim and Asian audiences, South Asian audiences are like, they really, that's, it's so fun for me to watch with like a packed, south asian you know um sure. cinema just because they get all of the jokes they get all the different nuances that i put in there sure. um and it's also really fun to watch it with kids too but yeah so basically we we have you know now we're kind of coming to the more international part of our festival journey um but we won the jury award at new york international children's film festival wow. and that's an oscar accredited 
Film Amazing. Festival. And so that's how we qualified to be in the running. What What's next for you? What are you working on now? Other than this, obviously, campaign. But what, what yeah. <laughs> any other creative projects that you're doing? Yeah. So I'm working on a third draft of a feature film um, called Brown Girl. And that one's uh, sort of like 13 going on 30 mean girls, but like genre wise, but it's um, the tone of pen 15 and it's based on my middle school experience. I take (laughs) everything from my life, but it's, um, it's about like a Pakistani um, seventh grader who wants to be popular really badly in a really affluent um, SoCal suburb. So she makes a wish to be like the popular girls and she wakes up the next day white and she realizes that her newfound privilege, you know, is not worth losing her identity over. Um, so I'm trying to figure that one out right now. Um, and yeah. then I'm also was that a wish that a sh- you had? I because I'm an immigrant, I don't think I um, I didn't wish to be white because I really I'm like kind of obsessed with my identity. I think <laughs> my parents put like a really strong love of our culture um, into us. They're very into the arts. My parents are like really liberal, art loving Pakistanis. Nice. You know. Um, but I do think who doesn't want to be popular in middle school and who doesn't want power, you know, who doesn't want to be, um, rich, you know, at that age, especially who doesn't want to wear all the, the things that are trending and have the right phone and the right accessories and be accepted. You know, I think that's a unique age where like, you just don't want to be different in any way whatsoever. Sure. Being like the only brown person in a very white affluent community and being poor was like. You couldn't be more different, you know? Yeah. So how important is it to you to have these stories on the big screen? You know, I think that you and I are probably very similar in that, you know, we want to see more brown, South Asian, Muslim characters on the screen. Like, what is that, is that what's driving you? What is it that that is driving you to, to share these stories with the world? You know, um, I when I immigrated here, I watched a lot of late night TV and I used to watch Friends like all yeah. all night long sure. as a young person. Um, so I grew up with Friends and it wasn't until college that someone said, have you ever noticed that like everyone in Friends is white? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm a Rachel. You're a Monica. Like, I wasn't even thinking of like, you know, like, oh, everyone sure. was white. And it's because I think the story was you can connect with the story so intensely that, um, you know, it doesn't matter that what what ethnicity it is. You still it's still you still connect with it. And I do think that's the power of like first cinema and American cinema, you know, mainstream American cinema. But I think in the same way, like when we watch The Godfather, we're not thinking, oh, this is an Italian story, but it's very much rooted in Italian American, you know, experiences. Right. I think like we're getting to a point where maybe that's what's happening with our stories as Muslims and, you know, South Asians and people of like the most recent immigration wave. But I I think what's really important to me, the reason I do this is because these are just my experiences. And for me, whatever I write, like, you know, I'm thinking from my perspective. So I just think my, my lead is always a Pakistani woman, you know? Yeah, sure. So I think that's based on my own experience. But also, I think as a Pakistani person, immigrating to a place like Palos Verdes, you know, and being poor, but being there for the schools and all that stuff. I think so many of us have that experience of being the only brown person or the only Muslim person in um, a room. 
Um, I think I've done a really deep dive into like race relations, identity politics, history. Um, and I feel like, you know, the British left Pakistan in 1947, but our minds are still colonized, you know, mm, sure. and yeah. there is nothing that holds you back like yourself and like self-hate, you know. So I just want to make movies that and I feel like that is such a disservice to humanity you know, I think women experience this. I think all minorities experience this. All people of different gender identities experience this. But it's such a waste of potential and it's such a waste of time. And the world could be like a, so much more of an amazing place if we weren't bogged down by, by those mental shackles, you know. Yeah. So I think what's important to me is that someone watches my film and it encourages them to kind of decolonize their minds and just engage in like really radical self-love and believe in themselves and believe in their dreams. And, you know, I, like I love third cinema. Like I love the whole revolutionary cinema called action type of stuff. That's like my biggest inspiration is the revolution. <laughs> but also <laughs> like I also am an American, you know, I also love yeah. like first cinema. I love Back to the Future. I love The Matrix. I love really entertaining um, sort of films. And I feel like that's kind of my hope is to combine everything and maybe, you know, create a new a new thing and encourage people to just um, just be inspired in their own lives, you know, to live their own lives to their, their fullest potential. Awesome. I can't wait to see what else you come up with. Where is one place that people can find you or find the uh, Eden Park? So I, the only social media I really post on is um, Instagram, and you can find me with my last name, um, which is E-U-C-E-P-H. We spell Yusuf really weird. Um, <laughs> but also the film is on Instagram, Eid Mubarak film. Um, and you can also find me on my website, which is nooryusuf.com. If you want to support the film or our campaign at all, you can buy um, a limited edition hand illustrated poster by Brett Helquist, um, who is the amazing illustrator who i'm obsessed with behind um a series of unfortunate events oh and nice yeah you can check that out you can buy that you can check out instagram and i post updates about you know the film's journey on there amazing and what, my last question what is your favorite taylor swift song because you have that midnight's record up there <laughs> <laughs> which is a perfect shade of lavender it is a great for any of <laughs> if you have a lime wash pink light pink wall um my favorite one, you know, I really like the one. Um, what's the one where she's like insulting herself? She's like, I'm the problem. Oh, anti-hero? Yeah. I really, yeah, I thought yeah. that was very honest songwriting. You for know? sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And one of the yeah, yeah, really biggest like songs of the year for sure. Well, Mahnoor, thank you so much for joining American Muslim Project. We can't wait to see what else you are doing. Okay. Up next, Soundcheck with producer Art. Welcome back to our sound check with producer Ari. Ari, what did you think of Mahnoor? Oh, she was great. Um, I I really loved uh, your conversation talking about uh, the like filming process and the the goats. The goats, yeah, totally. <laughs> I can't believe how many goats you had to go through to find the one uh, the one yeah. goat. That's amazing. Yeah, and I also really appreciated her comment, uh, like. In the U.S., we might not sacrifice our our meat, um, but also someone's someone someone is doing the act. Yeah, for sure. There's a point there of like, oh, you have this reaction here. Well, 
you know, it's happening. It's Why happening. not get more connected to For your sure, family? yeah. And I don't know, that's something that's always connected with me. Like, I grew up with a family that, like, does a lot of gardening that worked in farms for generations and stuff. Um, and I I don't know, I like that idea of like being connected. Big, to, yeah, totally, totally. Have you to ever stuff we have you ever us. sacrificed, killed an animal for that you ended up eating? I have not myself. Um, but uh I've definitely gotten like farm fresh nice. meat from uh like my sister's mother in law, nice. who she's actually very close to. <laughs> um and I like follow their uh, she she has like a whole farm Instagram and she's like this is what we're doing That's this amazing. is this is the process and I'm like oh this is so fascinating people claim like, that it tastes better right like if more fresh I yeah. guess that yeah I mean if it is more fresh then it's probably gonna taste better but you're gonna notice a difference <laughs> totally um Ari what is this term derp derp what what did she say <laughs> derpy derpy well what is this how come do you know this term? I didn't know this term. Yeah, of course. Oh man. Yes, you do know this term. It's been around for a while. Wow, I am way out of it. But yeah, it's like a casual adjective for looking stupid or foolish. No, well, I definitely feel that right now. So yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, cool. Well, that's our show for today. I want to thank Ari. I want to thank Mahnoor, and I want to thank you for listening. We'll see you all next week. Bye.